yeah, just like a long distance relationship, you know, it's not enough if you just see each other once a month, like you still yeah. need to jump on a, you know, to, to have a call, you need to, to be on track what's going on in each other's lives. And the same counts for like company culture. So like, um, really show them that you care, show them, um, that you want to support them on, you know, on full, like reaching their fullest potential. And, uh, that also covers like their mental health, like, you know, just make a, make sure that if it's online or offline, make sure the workplace is a place where they can feel safe um, to express themselves. And also if they're not feeling as well, that they get like supported and not being judged or, you know, they can be openly talking about um, a burnout situation or whatever. Welcome to the show about new ideas on how we live, work and connect. This is Borivik, your host, and in the following episode, together with my guests and listeners, we are again in search of something different. Hello, Nini. Welcome on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Feeling honored to be your guest. <laughs> <laughs> so where are you calling in from? Where are you right now? I'm actually tuning in from my dad's office today. So it's co-working with Betty Fritz. It's his 60th birthday tomorrow. So I'm currently Whoa. with my family in the south of Germany. Yeah. <laughs> Happy birthday to him. Happy birthday to Thank him. Thank you. Cool. Thank and you. Are One you, day to go. I would say that you must be a digital nomad. You must be a remote worker um, based on what you usually do. Can you like talk a little bit about what are the three projects that you're working on. You're amazing in connecting uh, people, which we already found out that we have that in common. Uh, but you have three amazing projects about this. Can you just like talk a little bit about all what's the difference between the three projects? Absolutely. Yeah. Um, quite recently, I actually came out with a cool, we can call it analogy, but like I actually connected the dots that it kind of does make sense what I'm doing, you know, that I'm working on different things, but actually they're all aligned. They um, are, yeah. Cause yeah, my personal passions, they're just people and freedom and happiness. So I just found, try to find a way to like actually integrate that in my professional path as well. Um, so I'm focusing on connecting people and yeah, leaving a spark of positivity and happiness in their lives. So I try to, mm. you know, inspire them to live happier lives and uh, happier lives start with uh, connections. So all my free business is all about connecting people. I do have the work happiness project, which is uh, team building and culture building by bringing more like holistic happiness to the workplace. Um, Mostly I work with remote companies. So the idea is to, you know, work from anywhere and actually still feel connected with everyone in your team and build like a, a strong culture behind. Even if you're just working from different countries all over the world that you still feel this sense of belonging and you're being like promoted in your personal um, path to happiness mm -hmm. and on your personal journey, but in a very holistic way. Then the second thing is the iConnect. Stronger than Wi-Fi, which is an icebreaker digital detox game that is meant to just get people off their phones and have better conversations by yeah, ditching the small talk and looking up from their screens and asking better questions. And mm. there are like six different levels of uh, connection. So wow, six dive, different levels. Six different levels. Yeah, Crazy. they all have like wow. a, a Wi-Fi bar on the back of the car. And then the higher the Wi-Fi bar, the deeper is the level and the stronger the connection. 
So you would I roll see. the dice and the dice kind of defines how deep you go. Is it for people who don't know each other or for people who already know each other, but they want to get to know each other deeper? The beautiful thing is for everyone. So mm-hmm. uh, most people actually use it for people they um, know and they want to get to know better, um, especially if they want to go full spectrum and play connection level one to six. Um, but I do use it a lot for networking events as well, um, for like co-working places, mm-hmm. for cool. um, membership events. And then, yeah, I make sure it's just level one to four, but we probably ditch the five and six um otherwise it might get too heavy for some people on a first interaction um but i'm i'm always surprised how willing people actually are to open up even with strangers as long as you give them a platform and you know it's kind of it has to be mutual because both people answer the question so Mm -hmm. it actually creates a lot of trust and a close bond if you dive that deep from like the very first interaction yeah Okay. And then you have the third one as well. Yeah. The third baby uh, is called Symbios. And um, that is a culture, um, culture building app slash platform for companies. Um, it's, I call it a little burning man for companies or <laughs> meetup for companies. So the idea behind it is that every employee can create their own workshop and share it company-wide that employees are no longer just being seen as their human doing as you know you're the marketing guy you're the sales guy whatever um they're being seen like in a more holistic way um and yeah considered their interests their skills their talents their passions so everyone can create like a beach cleanup host a meditation session oh um, so cool start health challenges and you know just get um, hold each other accountable donations for the homeless people, whatever it is, and you can create an event and then just share it company-wide. Um, and the idea is that you build a culture mm. based, a very unique company culture based on the hidden superpowers of your people in the company. And then just, you know, bringing together all these colorful different um, talents and uh, passions and yeah, create something powerful together and connect based on interests and not just on departments. Oh, that sounds really, really cool idea. I love it. I'm going to definitely check it out more deeply. So my question would be, when people are contacting you and they yeah. want to work with you, yeah. what do they feel is missing from their company culture? Like what's the first sign of a sick company culture, if I would yeah. say, if you would be the doctor for that? Like first and foremost, it's connection. Like mm. especially in the remote work now, uh, remote world, work world. Um, you know, we have this freedom to, to work from anywhere, but we're actually really lacking this, this human component because we only meet up on Zoom. Um, we have a scheduled meeting. A lot of companies now even work async, which means they don't even rock up to like a one time meeting. They're just recording the meeting and then everyone can watch it at their own time. Mm. Um, which is beautiful to kind of, you know, build, um, your work around your life and you have more time for your, your passions and your hobbies. But the company culture gets a little bit lost if you don't have these human bonds in between. So there's no such thing as water cooler conversations or, you know, having this two minute non work related chit chat about your kids, about, you know, the last episode of Games of Thrones or something. So that's completely missing. And therefore, um, a lot of 
employees, they no longer feel attached to their company culture. So work comes very replaceable. Yeah, if you just have the comfort to work from your home, then it doesn't really matter um, if you work for a different company because that doesn't change anything. You just open your laptop in the morning and then you log into a different account. Um, so, yeah, a lot of people don't stay as long with a company because they're, they don't have this company culture. They don't feel glued. They don't have this sense of belonging to something bigger. And that makes it extremely difficult for companies also to deal with changes change the dynamics within the team. They spend a lot of money on um, training new people. And yeah, I mean, there's, of course, every person that joins the company kind of slightly shifts the dynamic. So if you have that mm. over and over again, it's uh, difficult to to stick with the, the overall mission. Yeah. Okay. So actually what the, what the leaders of the company or maybe HR of the company sees mm -hmm. is that there's a lot of fluctuation in the company. Exactly. People come and go yeah. and cost them a lot of money because they need to yeah. hire new people, they need to train yeah. new people, and then they lose these people. And then yeah. they realize, oh my God, these people are not connected to each other. Absolutely. Therefore, yeah. I will not be able to um, uh, to keep them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Interesting. And so then what are the tools that you can use for these kind of things? Because we don't have a water cooler to hang out. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and. People are getting maybe a little bit tired sometimes from talking online. Yeah. What what is like? What do you do then? What do you suggest them to do? Um, it depends. I have I host uh, training workshops myself, so I have like um, kind of the holistic happiness principle is based on three core pillars. <laughs> so we have live fuller, connect deeper, and be happier. So based on uh, the project that I'm working on can be that, you know, I come up with a strategy plan for a company. So we have a theme of the month and then every month, um, you know, we have like a workshop, we have a newsletter, we have exercises around one topic and they get like different exercises. This could be, uh, you know, a meet up with one uh, colleague for like a virtual coffee session and they get I connect questions. So they actually, you know, have something to talk about. Um, they can create non-work related Slack channels based on different hobbies mm. um, or interests that they can share. Then um, one of my best going workshops is a bucket list workshop. Um, so yeah, we just had a conversation <laughs> yeah. about that before. So I think you'll probably dive into that in a second. Um, but there's also the idea of, you know, coming up with something that just lights you up from inside um, and then within the company, can they can find either like bucket list buddies to share the same activity, to work towards the same activity. So they can have like a runner's club or, you know, accountability check-ins. Um, but yeah, they can also team up for mutual bucket list activities, support each other. Um, and that's kind of creating this positive, uplifting culture that people hmm. encourage and support each other in reaching their goals and dreams that are not just work-related, but by getting this goal-getting and setting mindset. Um, of course, it also benefits the bottom line of the of the company. Yeah. So uh, the reason why we were laughing <laughs> a little bit is because I actually uh, had my TEDx talk about uh, my bucket list uh, a few years ago, quite a few years ago, actually. What year and was I it? Uh, 2016, I think. Oh, yeah. wow. Maybe yeah, I've watched it because yeah, I binge be. watch pretty much every TEDx talk about bucket list. <laughs> that is a good chance. Could be, could be. I recorded it. We, we had it on the Seagate Festival. 
yeah. so it was like a festival at TEDx, which was like in a tent, and it was like, uh, yeah, it was an experience for sure. Um, <laughs> it's not online anymore. <laughs> no, that's sad. Okay. Yeah, well, send it to me anyway. I would love. Yeah, to I have to have another one though. So uh, this is how we connected the first time, and we were connected through Marcel, who was also coming on the show. Thank you, Marcel. Yeah, shout out to Marcel. Shout out to him. <laughs> and. Um, and then I checked your profile and I was like, you're working with connection and you're working with bucket list. I'm like, yeah. this is, <laughs> we, have we were, we were meant to be on this uh, podcast. Definitely. <laughs> definitely. So what I was thinking that I did give a lot of, uh, talks for companies about my bucket yeah. list, by the way, and about yeah. bucket list. Ooh. And, um, uh, what I realized that many times the leaders who asked me to do that, Mm. They are really progressive. They already know mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. this is something that people can, you know, get a lot out of it. Yeah. But sometimes these, um, the employees were sent in and I would say like 80% super enthusiastic. And there's this 20% who are a little bit less enthusiastic about all the connection games and all the, um, let's make friends together in the company yeah. setting. Yeah. So how do you deal with those situations when that happens? It's, it's a very good point because, uh, you know, as much as we want to bring like more connections and, um, genuine happiness to the workplace, of course, there are some people who just see work as work and they don't want to, they don't want to find a work bestie. You know, they come there to do their job, um, to earn their, their, their money and then they're off again. But deep down, I don't know, maybe I'm being delusional, but I do think that everyone deep down just craves connection you know you don't have to find a, a, a best friend but of course you just want to like work in an uplifting and, and positive work environment um but yeah as as you go along i think it becomes quite obvious who's like more engaged and then who's less engaged um so i always put the focus on and the or like the emphasis on on the value they get out of it Because sometimes all these connection games, they're not just about connecting with your uh, co-workers. They genuinely mm -hmm. help you in life to like also yeah. connect deeper with friends, with family. And, uh, yeah, my favorite study, study to, to, uh, use for that is this 85 year long Howard study, uh, when they uh, probably heard of it. They did like a, a 85 year long study. Of course, a few participants didn't make it through the entire study. Um, but yeah, it was about finding out what are the factors for a fulfilling and, and happy life. And they found that the number one indicator for living a happy and fulfilled life is indeed uh, the quality of our relationships. Mm -hmm. So not the quantity, but in fact, like you know, the quality of our interactions and our relationships. So yeah, I think that's super important to Definitely. To just let let yeah. them know um, that it could also be, you know, to boost their relationship with their family, with their friends, and then actually, you know, uh, come to work, be more supercharged from inside. They have more energy. They have more drive. So I just want to make sure they take something away for their own life. And I think when they're more switched on, they're more energetic from the inside it mm. will translate into their performance in the office one way or another and then just create a positive ripple effect um but my motto is always uh no pressure just pleasure so i don't force anyone to be bubbly and outgoing and um you know just do all of it if they don't feel like it if I they think don't feel like exactly yeah everybody at their own pace and authenticity is 
the core message of it. Mm. Yeah. So I did talk uh, talk about company culture with a few uh, HR representatives and team leaders, yeah. um, especially as COVID hit and then. After yeah. that, uh, many people are refusing to go back to work and it's better yeah. for the companies as well because they don't have to pay for an office and yeah. everything is changing because, because of home office now. And um, I found that the few of them, they feel like, hey, we do everything what we can because we have team buildings. Yeah, yeah. What's your take on that? Is that like, is that enough? I don't think it's enough to just do that. Like I always like to draw the comparison once wrote like a LinkedIn article about it of why like a um a healthy company culture, even like a remote company culture is like a healthy long distance relationship. And yeah, like of course it is important that you have these team building activities, but that should be an add-on and not like your basis of building a company culture. Like a company mm-hmm. culture is not just having a ping pong uh, table at the office and it's not just having a like a one time team events like every six months like it really lives from everything that happens in between mm-hmm. um yeah just like a long distance relationship you know it's not enough if you just see each other once a month like you still yeah. need to jump on a you know to, to have a call you need to to be on track what's going on in each other's lives and the same counts for like company culture so like um really Show them that you care, show them um, that you want to support them on, you know, on full, like reaching their fullest potential. And uh, that also covers like their mental health, like, you know, just make a make sure that if it's online or offline, make sure the workplace is a place where they can feel safe um, to express themselves. And also if they're not feeling as well, that they get like supported and not being judged or, you know, they can be openly talking about um burnout situation or whatever so yeah i do think team building is so much more than what happens Mm. at a one hour workshop event like it's everything in between that leads to that that you become part of the team and you actually you know feel safe in it and you yeah you don't want to work for anyone else yeah i guess one of the things that people misunderstand is that HR and company culture are not the same thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it feels like in companies, <clears throat> there's an HR representative and then they're being thrown at now, you need to deal with remote culture. Yeah. And and they're like, yeah, but I have to do like a gazillion other things as well. Yeah. Uh, recruiting yeah. and uh, I don't even know, like in yeah. insane amount of work. So they actually get a new position. Yeah, and in some companies, yeah. I know, actually one of my best friends, she get promoted from, I don't know what she did before. I think like tech support actually. Yeah. Uh, and then because she's a huge traveler yeah, and she's been traveling the world for a few years, like five, six years, and then went back to Budapest, settled down and got actually promoted to be a, a company culture specialist. Is this a new position that people have now? Is it like, has that been always there? Is it like something new or what's happening? I do think it's a relatively new position because it just became so much more important. I mean, of course, looking at the current market, like, you know, we, we actually need to hire a lot of people because you have to become more attractive as an employer. And before it was the other way around, it's kind of like a little bit like dating, like the employee 
kind of represented uh, him or herself mm. in the best way possible to get hired for the position. Um, now the employer has to become more attractive to actually bring something to the table to attract and retain top talent. Um, so I do think there we have to be more niche specific in the HR department because it's no longer like a one person can do all of it. Like, there's so many uh, subtitles now for what HR means. Like, mm -hmm. of course, we have like head of people and culture, head of employee experience, uh, head of remote, um, head of, I mean, people ops and stuff, but like this whole, you know, it's like five different subtitles for what it actually means to work mm -hmm. for HR. So you're not just hiring people, but you actually have to come up with like a whole strategy to actually keep them to motivate them and then also across different work settings because building a, a company culture in the natural context or like you know in the office setting is actually something that you would expect to just flow naturally but if it's remote you actually have to put conscious effort into building it because it doesn't happen naturally like you don't mm bump into each other in the coffee kitchen um, and have these little chit chats. Like if you don't put any conscious effort into building it, it's just not going to happen. So yeah, it becomes an extra task and like there needs to be someone in charge to specifically take care of that one department because otherwise you're just too busy hiring and firing people again who are just not aligned with your mission and vision or don't show up with the, expected motivation because you know they don't feel like the sense of belonging mm. so of course they're not as motivated uh to perform their best if they don't feel like this i would say like emotional connection to the company in any way yeah and then the funny thing is that even the leaders feel that they need to need yeah. to belong yeah. somewhere and then yeah so if you're lucky and then you're working in a company where the where the leader kind of besides being i don't know a marketing manager understands that i also need to take care that my team's well-being that they want to hang out yeah. here yeah. and sometimes they don't and sometimes it depends on the company culture like based on yeah. what values they're choosing their leaders yeah but what do you think it makes a good remote leader we talked about this with lavinia as well also in yeah. the show yeah. uh, uh, but i'm really curious on your take on that one Wow. Okay. That's a, <laughs> that's a very complex question, but, uh, I think your remote leader, um, first and foremost should start with the right intention. Why they created, or he or she created a remote culture or like a remote company. Um, I do think some people do it for the perks of, you know, just saving some rent on office spaces. Um, and it's just like probably like cheaper to now have the possibility to hire people in like lower salary countries so it's actually like a, a cost effective thing but i do think a good remote leader actually does it with the intention of believing that people are able to perform at their best uh, when they also live a life that intrinsically mm. fulfills them so the idea behind this to really like build your work around your life and not your life around your work um and ideally a good remote leader should like practice what he preaches and do that um so yeah one of my my favorite remote leaders or head of remote um is chase warrington like you probably know him because he's he was first remote leader like the first big one who's been speaking as like head of remote um he's he's um working for do it 
and he's almost like a remote leader influencer, I would say. But if you follow him, like that for me is like the embodiment of what it really means um, to be a remote leader, to, you know, mm. just have all the um, work tools implemented so they have like this at least, you know, 24 hours uh, response policy, but they totally work async. So it's clearly communicated. So in that case, I would say number one is clear communication of your work policies um, that you do work async or if you work sync, that's a different um, that's a different topic. But then everybody knows what to expect. So there's kind of like a behavioral codex um, mm. because you need to implement rules and not just be like, oh, yeah, work anywhere, work anytime, uh, no matter what time zone you're in. Of course, you need some some regulations. So there kind of needs to be like a playbook or like a, a guideline uh, what these rules are. Yeah, just uh, authentically practice what you preach, I would yeah. say. Yeah, totally understand that. Yeah. So what happens if you're in a team just from the other side? Uh, yeah. So um, what happens if you're stuck in a team that you love the job, but you don't like the team? that You don't have connection. You don't even know if you like them because you don't yeah. have zero connection. Yeah. What What would you suggest to somebody who's listening to this podcast and goes like, yeah. "Hey, I'm so freaking lonely here." Yeah. What What to do then? Honestly, communicate it. I think communication is the key. Um, and then you know, just talk to the next higher position or a team out with like at least one person. I reckon if you're feeling lonely and not connected, then of course there must be someone else in the team who probably also feels lonely because then no one is connected. So yeah, just always make, make it up first thing. And then ideally be solution oriented. Like if you have anything in mind, or I mean, of course, I'm, I'm, I'm happy to help as well. Um, you know, come up with, uh, with a plan, like come up with an idea of that one thing that would actually help you to feel more connected. So what would help you in the workplace to feel less lonely, to feel less isolated? And then, yeah start to be a, a revolutionist and make a change. It could be like weekly um, virtual coffee breaks, like let's say Friday, 3 p.m. We all check in for like 30 minutes and, you know, have like a casual catch up where we don't talk mm -hmm. about work. I'm always big on integrating like non-work related Slack channels um, where you, you know, can just share memes, share thoughts, share jokes, funny YouTube videos, whatever it is. But uh, I think as soon as we start bringing like the human component into the workplace, then it actually helps us to make a connection. You mm. know, if you don't talk about just work, um, it allows us to 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 look behind this this case of uh, the head of, you know, marketing, accounting, whatever, and uh, connect on the human level. And that's when we start feeling less lonely. I see that. How did you get into this, by the way? Like, <laughs> how did that happen? Um, how did that happen? A uh, funny thing is I actually did this whole, you know, bucket list journey, like quick background story. Um, I did my own bucket list year. So I did like a year of all the things I've always wanted to see and do. And then a few months into, I watched this TEDx talk from a guy called the bucket list guy and he just gave this blueprint of how to write a personally meaningful bucket list based on 12 different steps and uh, 12 different categories and that really inspired me to kickstart my my own journey and I still had nine months to go so it, it actually really helped me to uh, get a strategy behind it 
and met the Dalai Lama and like did cool things. You met the Dalai Lama? Yeah. Yeah. I I went to, I touched hands with him. That's like as close as it got, but not that he remembered my name, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Did you have like a private coffee tea session with him? Yeah. Like he met me. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe you were Um, in his bucket list. You know, I think so. I was actually on his bucket list. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So he can tick it off now. Yeah. Finally. Um, Finally, it's been a while that he tried to get me. <laughs> so you had your bucket list year, and then exactly. So I, I watched his TEDx talk, and I did a lot of crazy things after, and then eventually I moved to Australia and uh, reached out to the guy who gave this TEDx talk and was Australian. So yeah, we met up. Um, I asked if I can invite him for a coffee to just thank him for his inspiration for. You know, making me do all these things I've always wanted to see and do. And then um, we had a long talk. And then eventually um, I wanted to become a bucket list coach because that was his business model behind it. Um, that you can kind of what he did in the TEDx mm. talk, like do that for companies and stuff and get this whole training. It was like a full on Training, I training, need to check but, this out now. <laughs> <laughs> um, it's, I don't actually know if you're still doing the licenses, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, eventually like I joined and swapped my bucket list year for like a bucket list life and like joined uh, as their global head of marketing. Um, of course, it was remote because you have to live your bucket list so you don't mm-hmm. go to an office. And yeah, that's how I started off my own remote working journey while living my bucket list. And then I actually figured out that, you know, it's pretty cool to work from anywhere. And uh, I love the freedom. But I did have those moments where I was like, oh, I'm really like a people's person. I love to connect. I love to inspire. And creating ads behind my computer uh, is not really, uh, it, it, it didn't feel like that was my purpose. And I mm-hmm. feel like, in a way, like my potential of being a people's person was kind of getting a little bit lost. And I'm like, oh, I just one of the 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 one thing um, that really hurts the most to me is seeing like wasted potential. So I'm like definitely not wanting to waste my own. Um, so yeah, I just took the license um, and left the marketing position, and then focused on team building for remote companies. And then yeah, thought I just blend in the best of both worlds to keep on working from anywhere and like help other people working from anywhere and actually do feel this connection. So you had a license about this? You have like a team building license? Not the team building. I actually just had this bucket list coaching license. And then based on a little bit of experience and working remotely, Mm. um, I kicked off my own journey and then, yeah, just look uh, where you are now. Really cool. <laughs> what I yeah, saw is like you're working with a lot of <laughs> yeah. cool companies, actually. So yeah. there's like a lot of big yeah. companies reaching out. How could you get from coaching to get into the get your foot in the big companies? If you sh- yeah. would like to share that uh, experience, yeah. like I always like to dream big. <laughs> so for me, it was kind of you know starting off this journey. I went for the big fish directly but I have to say that did not work out as planned when I first you know started my journey so I was all about 
now it's like I have this cool bachelor's workshop and like mm-hmm. two years of experience in working remotely. And I was now nah, I, I don't know. That would be a lie to say I was super confident to go out there, but I wasn't expecting that it's going to be that challenging. So I just got myself a list of all the remote companies and then just connected with all the HR people on LinkedIn and stuff mm-hmm. and no one replied. So conversion was As maybe minus zero. <laughs> and I came up with this like super creative approaches and stuff of like nothing. So that was a bit frustrating. Um, so then I thought, you know, I just have to work smarter, not harder. Uh, so I just have to connect with someone who already has the network and kind of needs what I offer. So I actually got a list of got a VA on Fiverr for like 10 bucks or something to create me a list of all the team building companies in um, countries with a relatively decent uh, average salary. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I reached out to the team building companies with like a personalized page and actually like took time to research what they're doing and read a little bit in the about me section or about us to mm-hmm. you know get a better idea of the team. So it's not like this copy and paste method. And then, yeah, teamed up with a bunch of team building companies. Luckily, they liked what I was doing. And uh, then they took my, my workshop on as part of their portfolio. And uh, then they got commissioned for selling my workshops, but they already had the network um, of like big co- uh, companies that, you know, they've worked with, they trusted. So now they just had a new workshop to promote. And uh, yeah, that's how I got my foot out in the door. And I do have to say, once you have like a few of the big fishies on, like was it like HubSpot, Facebook, um, Dell and stuff, the rest comes easier. You know, you already have the logo. Exactly. Yeah. You just put it on your website and look yeah. at that. Like everybody, like, yeah, everybody's going to catch yeah. you on podcasts and yeah, have yeah. all different <laughs> you already have yeah. the loyalty and, yeah. and the, you have the trust uh, yeah that you can lucky like I'm, this was like today, such a cool story cool. that you have <laughs> i'm so happy that you shared this with us it's you're welcome it's really, really cool um so now you built your own workshop facilitator um yeah. uh, thing and then you encourage people to create their own own uh, workshops within the company right that's exactly so that's the, the the third thing we've talked about so apart from me hosting the workshops now um this is an analogy called i don't know it's like don't don't no don't quote me in this one but something about you know teach them how to fish instead of fishing for them <laughs> something yeah. about it so yeah it's like i'm you know i'm just one person and i can only do like a limited number of workshops a day a month and I'm so mission and purpose driven with this idea of like letting people, you know, be seen and unfold their full potential and like make workplaces, happier places that mm. people get excited about. And there's always been the stigma that like work has to suck. And I don't think it has to suck. Of course, like our daily tasks and to-do list, they not get us excited every day. But I do believe we can create like workplaces that we get excited about. Oh, so yeah, definitely. Too- virtually or to the office that um, i think that the problem might be on the other side that i get so used to of being my own uh boss and being an entrepreneur mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. sometimes you know i feel i'm this is going to be vulnerable but i feel like just because of the community i worked in a really cool place yeah ages ago ages ago yeah. before i became yeah. nomad or whatsoever and i loved my company and the reason why i stayed yeah. there for eight years is because 
we had a band within the company. Like, wow. can you remember? I was a lead singer. And yeah, you kind of look like a rock star. Like, <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was not a rock star, believe me. But we had we had fun uh, making music. Yeah. And um, and I just love the people there. So we had the yeah. really amazing company culture. I think the HR did amazing, like hiring the people. Yeah. And we had a nice office where we went, and they they made made sure that we are happy, and we had the ping pong table. But it was more like we were free to move, and then we didn't really have the like. Yeah, it, it it was a really good place. And then I think I would love to, you know, have this, have to meet the same people over and over yeah. again. Yeah. But I'm not the decision maker because I have two teams. I'm running two companies. Yeah. And I have yeah. two ind- independent teams and I talk to them and then make sure. But it would be nice to just go back and relax a little bit sometimes. Yeah. This was yeah. my most vulnerable take in it. Do you work with anybody? Do you have a team? Um, so for two of the three uh, projects, I do um, have co-founders. Um, but then for the Work Happiness Project, I just put a host in the workshops. I am the team. <laughs> um, but for iConnect, I have one. And then for Symbios, I have another one. Okay. So, so yeah, you're not but lonely. I, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not lonely. Okay, no. um, sometimes, honestly, Dean, I feel like my, my social life could be a full-time job. Um, yeah. And I'm grateful to have so many Definitely. amazing and you know meaningful relationships uh, in my life. And yeah, but I like what I just wanted to say, like, I totally feel you on, uh, you know, working for someone like I'm all about, you know, doing my own thing and I love creating something. But sometimes I see all these really cool company cultures and I'm like, wow, actually, it would be kind of cool to just work in a team and, you know, like work for like a big company and you just have your work besties and, you know, instead Mm -hmm. of now it's like me paying for everything or like paying yeah. for um who knows trainings and, and and whatever so if you actually have like a cool hr department who's like no worries we cover your co-working space we cover your gym membership like how cool is that yeah you yeah know? but you uh, yeah but then uh, then look at us being here middle of the day recording our little hobby projects yeah, and, <laughs> <laughs> and then i'm gonna go to the gym in the afternoon so yeah, of course. There's pros and cons in both both yeah. sides. I would still yeah. not go back, I guess, for for a proper company. It's just because I think it's a it's kind of you get used to one thing, and I've yeah. I believe what happens, and I might go back to a company because yeah. what happens now is that the two the two things I start to get a little bit closer to each other. So yeah. leaders start to figure out that they cannot micromanage all the time. They shouldn't micromanage. Yeah. Uh, do listen to the, the podcast, everybody who's listening to this one, the one with Lavinia, where we talked about how to, how to motivate your team and how to not yeah. even motivate your team. It was an amazing yeah. podcast with her too. Yeah, she's but awesome. I, like, yeah, she's yeah. We had the same yeah. mastermind group. I was so lucky. I we didn't, we I, were in the same group for like a year actually, or two. That's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> I actually, I hosted a bucket list workshop for, uh, for, for their team as well. Yeah. Nice. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So what I believe is that the two companies, like the two words, sorry, are start to get mm-hmm. a little bit closer to each other mm-hmm. and leaders start to understand that not going to the office is, it might be something valuable for your employees yeah. or. Yeah. Giving the freedom, freedom pretty much Free. is the new wealth. Yeah. And this yeah. is what they, they can distribute. So I believe that now what happens is that we are getting closer to uh, the, the two, two ways on how, what we sacrificed for yeah. the company, the company is realizing it now 
based yeah. because of the company culture and whatever, they can get back these people to work for them full time. I think at yeah. one point, yeah. maybe now, maybe we'll maybe see. now is the time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, listen, I think I uh, ask everything and this is like an amazing end point of this, uh, discussion that we had. Um, where can people find you? Um, of course, for the profess in the professional context, it's on LinkedIn, Nini Fritz. Um, <laughs> I Maybe haven't put figured it in the out description, if there's, yeah. <laughs> there's any other Nini Fritz out there. Um, but, uh, the one in a blue shirt on LinkedIn and then, um, for, for, all my work stuff uh, we have the work happiness project.com we have iconnectgame.com um also i'm happy to create a, a discount code for for the podcast so anybody yes, let's do that order through that um <laughs> get, get a bit a little bit off it's a really cool game and then symbiosapp.com is the third one so okay. yeah Amazing. all the free of course feel free to link them in the description so <laughs> Uh, uh, and then if you can use the coupon code uh, something yeah. different okay. then set something up let's do that all right amazing awesome. um thank you so much for being here it was thank lovely you for to having chat me with you. <laughs> i'm <laughs> also impressed by what you created so if i ever create a podcast you'll be my guest <laughs> let's do that let's do that all right thank you so much bye-bye you are listening to the In Search of Something Different podcast, where we talk about new ways and ideas on how we live, work, and connect. If you like this episode, don't forget to give us a five-star rating as it helps in this world. And also, you can say hi on Instagram. You can find the show under In Search of Something Dash Different. I'll come back to you soon with the next episode, but until then, don't forget to stay curious. <laughs>